0: Welcome to the Carl Sterling podcast, delivering conversations with experts and excellence in education. All right. Welcome everyone. A special welcome to my special guest today, Mr. Tommy Duquette.
1: How are you doing, Tommy? Good. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be called special. So early in the morning is great. Well, it's (laughs) early out here on the West Coast, but of course, it's not that early for you. It's afternoon. Yeah, no, I, first and foremost, I mean, you've got a
0: company that's doing great things. You're doing great things. Uh, you've got to be busy as heck, man. So I really appreciate you taking this time to spend with us.
1: No, absolutely. We were talking before we went live here. We were talking about how we had connected a little while back. And I know originally we talked about setting this up full intention on, on doing that. And then we kind of lost, uh, contact right because i didn't respond but i knew when i set you up with cassie my co-worker that she would make sure we got this done so that's why i did that
0: yeah oh uh, no no sweat thank you cassie yeah well i met briefly a minute ago right yeah so i here's what i want to do just a really quick thing just for uh people who are watching and by the way people on zoom and uh facebook if you have any questions put them in the chat box or in the comments and we'll try to get to them uh it might be a little while before we do or maybe they'll get answered through our conversation which is going to be uh organic but this is going to be great uh tommy duquette is the co-founder and the head of content and a founding coach at fight camp uh my neuro rehab clinic here in syracuse new york i i say we are a fight camp facility because we use fight camp right it's awesome Uh, he's also a former u.s boxing team member and qualified for 2012 olympic trials yo this is beautiful 18 years of experience training clients in boxing and fitness and also named one of the uh, this is something i'd love to touch on whenever you're ready at some point uh because i'm very interested in this myself one of the 17 digital power players changing the way americans exercise which these days man people like you are, are leading the field it's we got to be digital we have to have on-demand content we need to be able to go and punch but and that's what you have i love it i love it so again thank you and uh you know my my i know some about your personal story with boxing and your passion for boxing i think at 14 you got in the ring the first time is that correct
1: yeah yeah 14 years old not what got uh, you interested not-
0: i'm just curious
1: and and how that happened? Uh, yeah, what got you interested in boxing? So I was always very interested in boxing because it's something that's sort of I like to say it's in my DNA. So it goes back in my family. My great grandfather was a New England uh, professional champion. He had a number of sons. He taught them all how to box. So my grandfather as well was a uh, professional boxer, New England champion. And um, then it kind of skipped a generation. He passed away when my mother was very young, and he only had daughters. Um, but now his, you know, as his grandson, I kind of carried that torch and, uh, I started boxing at 14 and it was almost like, it was more like, uh, by accident, but I, you know, like I said, I was always interested in the sport, but I actually tagged along, uh, to a boxing gym with my cousin who was going and, you know, your perception of like, what is a boxing gym, especially when you're that age, like you go there and people like punch each other, you know? So I was going, I'm like, I'm going to go watch. And just like any traditional boxing gym, these old school boxing trainers, like you know, you tell them you're there to watch, they'll laugh at you and they like, either get out or like grab a jump rope. So, you know, the rest was yeah, system Yeah, right. Yeah. But, you know, i i'd completely <laughs> forgotten about
0: that. You're in your family, the upline. Do you have a yeah. history of boxing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. It's just diverting for one second. When I was a kid, I'm 61, so I'm I'm much older than you. But I remember in the late '60s. Well, actually, I don't know what year Ali came back as Ali, but whatever that was, I remember that year and watching these heavyweight boxing championships on TV, major networks and Howard Cosell, you know, was he was the commentator and you'd see Frazier, you'd see Foreman and Ken Norton and all these guys. And my dad and I would watch these guys just in awe of their... Abilities really. And uh of course there's so many others out there that I'm talking old school now, sort of, but you know, the Sugar Rays, the Marvin Haglers, the uh uh who's the guy who just got inducted this year, uh Floyd Merriweather. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about skill, right? Oh, yes, my gosh. Absolutely. That was fun to watch.
1: I never absolutely. did boxing
0: at Karate, but I never um uh, really fun to watch.
1: I think that in in general generationally you know, it's not the same uh, nowadays, but especially back, you know, when you were a kid, it was a big part of uh, US culture was boxing. I'd like to think it still is right. Martial arts fighting, whether it be um, mixed martial arts or boxing still, you know, is is well represented in US culture. But back then it was the number one sport in the country. And it was that way for probably over a hundred years. And um, it's a shame that it's not anymore but I think it has a lot to do, you know, the fact that it has been historically such a big part of us culture is what it represents sort of metaphorically, that, that idea that, you know, it's very individualistic and you live and die by the work you put in, how much you sacrifice. Right. So,
0: I mean, some of the stories of these people, like, uh, you know, what the discipline they'll go through training nutrition wise, actually all their daily living habits, every single thing. I mean, that that would make them or break them a lot of times as far as their endurance or maybe even winning the fight but you know the famous stories about i don't know if it was rumble in the jungle or uh thriller and manila (laughs) but i'm sure ali did what he did before both but yeah
1: you know those are that's some serious discipline man it is yeah i mean it's the most important thing for you to have uh, if you're gonna be successful as an athlete, I think for sure, especially as a fighter, more than anything as a fighter, I would say as a martial artist, because of the weight classes and things like that, the way you have to, uh, restrict your diet and your water intake to make weight, but, yeah. uh, it, it's definitely, it's more important than just being athletic, being fast, hitting hard, you know, all these things.
0: Yeah. Training regiments, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Holy
0: so okay so you got into boxing um you know what I'm, i what i want to jump into and if you don't mind and you can segue any way you want but mm-hmm. i'm really curious as a fight camp user about the fight camp story before i ask you to tell the story how it came to be you know who your, your target market is uh, mm-hmm. what you see happening in the future i just want to say that i don't know if you know this if you ever thought about this but I work a lot with, here with people with Parkinson's disease, other movement disorders and neurological disorders, including dementia, Alzheimer's, you know, all kinds of issues. So we have movement, cognitive and memory, memory decline a lot of times. And wh- what we found is, uh, you know, you've heard different programs out there for uh, people with Parkinson's like Rock steady Boxing, for example, I'm familiar. nothing with. wrong with the, nothing wrong with it at all. But what I really like is the design that goes into your program the coaching. Cause like I always say, people with Parkinson's are people too. Parkinson's doesn't define anybody, right? Uh, they have abs, they have a core, they might have tight calves. They might've had a hip replacement. They're people. They just happen to live with this disorder. The thing is though, is that we get them interactive in any, any kind of way, but especially when we're, when we're boxing and I don't know, I'm not sure. I know there's a lot of research on cross body patterns, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's kicking, you know, punching across the midline. So the two hemispheres of the brain fire better together. Mm. I don't know if it's combination of that and blood flow and oxygen to the brain that's increased and some of the uh, neurochemicals that are released like BDNF and all this stuff. But I just want to say to you that your, your system here works very well for us and we see improvements in people. We see improvements short-term and long-term. And I have to believe that a part of this has to do with what you put together and they just follow along and they do
1: it They're paying attention. And I want to thank you for that. Oh, no, thank you so much, Kyle. That's, that's amazing to hear that familiar with rock study boxing that a program at my gym at Boston boxing, you know, going way, way back, Mm -hmm. uh, they do great work and, you know, boxing for Parkinson's treatment is something that's, that's interested me for a while and I think you know what you just said you know the two hemispheres of the brain crossing because you're using both hands or, or whatever is not something I've ever thought of um and that's interesting to think about but you know it speaks to what's unique about the boxing workout compared to other forms of working out you know you get up on one of these bikes you know the mindless pedaling with the screen the person yelling at you saying all types of ridiculous stuff and uh <laughs> sorry that wasn't a, a poke at a competitor um <laughs> and you know it's sure you need a good workout right but with boxing the difference between boxing is that first of all it's the ultimate total body workout as you know but it's also brain Fitness so somebody's calling out these combinations first of all you've had to learn the language it's a separate language one two three four five six fight camp we created our own sort of symbols and things like that uh, to yeah. go along with the the very basic one through six so you have to learn the language and then once you learn the language you have to get really good at like very fast recall and repetition. So somebody might say, one, six, three, three B, roll two, three, two. And you have to be able to put that together in your brain. So the exercise I think of learning the language, practicing the combinations is, is exercising your brain in that way that I think probably has a lot to do with a lot of the positive um, effects that you see.
0: Yeah. Well, you just hit on like everything like dead on. because i mean it's really interesting you would say that because that is the truth that is actually what happens not just for people with Parkinson's. this is for anybody and everybody i mean this is all humans who have a brain right and we i think we all do so it's really interesting that we can uh, look at brain i actually talk about it as the first muscle i go for i'm really after your brain i want to retrain your brain i want to exercise your brain Mm-hmm. Uh, you being the client the patient uh, of course it's not a muscle yet it needs to be exercised
1: mm-hmm.
0: right use it or lose it uh the more we use it the more we develop the more we get the heart rate elevated that elevated heart rate helps to create growth factors that help to delay disease onset delay disease progression mm-hmm. uh in some cases we know nyu and Harvard and Stanford all have research showing that they might even give birth to new brain cells in certain parts of the brain, but you're retraining. It's like brain fitness. You're learning new stuff, the language. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big deal. Yeah. And that can cross over. What we want here is, uh, I don't mean to take the floor here. This is about you, but it's also a reflection of what you've produced because, and I, I just can't thank you enough because what's happened here is now we, we're taking the benefits they receive or i should say they're taking the benefits they receive from the recall and all this other stuff we're doing this goes out the door with them into their personal life they got to recall something at the grocery store or they're driving and a quicker reaction time because that's another thing too training for reaction time uh memory cognition mm-hmm. and just moving yeah. so awesome stuff
1: yeah and stuff like that becomes very important uh, as we get older too, it's not just, you know, if you're developing some sort of um, neurodegenerative disease in your brain, Parkinson's, it's also just like your body being mobile, you know, all these things, they start to matter a lot for your quality of life. So I think, you know, whether you um, have early symptoms of that, or it's just, you're just anybody, you should always find some way that motivates you to move.
0: Absolutely, man, you're hitting everything that, uh, well, I would think, oh, I'm not, I, mm-hmm. we think it a lot of like, let me put it that way. Like you have to do what you like to do, or you won't do it. If you don't like boxing, well, then maybe it's not the thing for you. Something else is, but do what you will do, you know? Yeah. So we do find though, I, tell me about this. I'm curious. Cause I don't have a lot of experience in boxing. I have, um, i have a certain level of knowledge but is there some type of primal element involved here too because it almost feels you'll take somebody who comes in and they're really frustrated or maybe they're angry with somebody yeah you know you know maybe only 10 minutes yeah they feel better yet they they're, they'll say well i would never hit another person i believe you but mm-hmm. you're not you're hitting a bag mm-hmm. is there something primal about this that makes us feel good
1: is it therapy yeah it's the most cathartic thing you can do is punch something or kick something right punch a bag or kick a bag that can kind (laughs) of take that that impact um and to do so not just once but over and over and over again until you completely completely exhaust yourself it's got to be one of the most satisfying it is the most satisfying thing you can do in the fitness world by far for sure
0: i concur because i feel (laughs) that way too man that is that's beautiful uh i've talked about that speculating with clients and patients like yeah i, I there's gotta be something primal to this because i think you know way back we had mm-hmm. to fight for our food mm-hmm. we probably don't have to anymore but you know at one time we might have had to oh, absolutely Plus, i mean, we, I mean do, just,
1: we, st- we still do right but it's, it's more abstracted so it's like you get, you answer the bell every day to go to work and you do a good job there and you get your raise. I mean, that's all survival. It really is. True. Yeah. You might not be uh, you know, fighting with somebody over the last, you know, whatever piece of meat or something around the, the, the caveman fire, but it's, it's definitely our version of that today. So.
0: Interesting. Interesting. You know, and then uh, just a side note, I mean, impact forces are good for bone density. So we walk, we might jump or run, but when we, we strike a target, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. It can help your bone density. As long as you do it right. And you don't get hurt. So yeah, you know, we teach form and then you teach form too, you know, on the videos. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did you like, why did, why did you start fight camp? How did this idea come to be?
1: You know, so the Genesis of fight camp goes back. Uh, my, fellow co-founders were working on just the uh the punch trackers you know, way back in i, I want to say like early 2015. so that's khalil who's our current ceo and um alex who's our cto yeah yeah those right there exactly yeah and at the I time got a virtual
0: background now so it's kind of hard to see but for those who out. don't know keep keep going I'm sorry yeah
1: yeah for sure so so um you know Khalil and Alex had bootstrapped their way to getting a handmade version of these punch trackers made and Khalil had reached out to me he actually connected with me on LinkedIn of all places and he was from Quebec I'm from Boston so we met up um and I was able to show him around take him to different gyms and demo the punch trackers and you know I was really impressed with what they were able to do no funding nothing like that just straight out of uh, university um and that you know so the roots start there um shortly after meeting we you know joined with some other my other co-founders um and formed it into more of a, a company got accepted to y combinator which is one of the uh well it is the best startup accelerator in the world so airbnb and dropbox and stripe and a lot of these huge successes you see in tech came through y combinator um it's like the harvard you could say of like venture capital right wow yeah um so we're in y combinator just focusing on this business of the punch trackers and not really you know we're like a product in search of a business model so you know a lot of early stage technology companies you know find themselves in that position it kills a lot of them especially hardware companies. so We are trying to, you know, sort of find our way in this, in this uh, industry of boxing. So we're thinking like, do we use these? Do we sell these to the the network so that the networks can have stats on screen when they broadcast fights? Maybe you could sell the stats to the betting community, Uh, maybe sell them directly to fighters, which is what we did. We started pre-selling them just to people, not just necessarily fighters, but like who wants these things where they connect to an app and you throw punches and you can see the numbers. So we did a pre-sales campaign um and really at first i want to say we were rejected by the traditional silicon valley venture capital community aside from white combinator which we're very fortunate that they believed in us early on i think it had a lot to do with the interview uh that khalil did he just he was able to get them over the hump that day and get them excited about his passion and uh, you know the other guys that were there so we really uh, were not embraced by the funding community early on. So we really just kind of like by the skin of our teeth got through the years until, you know, we had a sort of an epiphany in selling these to different, whether it be gyms or we even had a business model where it was kind of like orange theory where we had screens all around the a boxing gym and you'd sell it That's to true. somebody doing fitness classes and they'd compete. So we're selling to gyms, fighters, coaches, right? Individuals. And we started to see some signal from the coaches who would use them with their fitness clients to gamify workouts. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. You know, so, so we got that going on. Uh, home fitness was still pretty nascent, right? You had Peloton, but Peloton was still a private company, sub $1 billion valuation, somewhere in the hundreds of millions. And they were like, sort of like a up and coming, you could say, right? But by no means a success story at the time like that's a you know we thought that was a really interesting business model combined with what these uh, coaches are doing with fitness clients and fitness boxing it's counterintuitive a lot of people don't know this even though boxing is not the number one sport anymore like we were talking about right it's still popular worldwide mm-hmm. it's 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 humongous right especially in europe but as a fitness modality worldwide if you take like boxing kickboxing and martial arts fitness yeah it's the number one global fitness modality this is really and and in the u s it's one of the fastest growing and it's huge, right so you have yeah. all these different gyms from the u f c gym title boxing club c k o kickboxing I love kickboxing, nine rounds oh, yeah exercise. they're they're everywhere um and obviously boxing is very big in in Europe as well like the u k uh, yeah German. I've done
0: quite a bit of traveling and teaching over there, and uh it comes up every time I'm teaching mm-hmm. a group you know. Absolutely, you box. So, I mean, there's always a box of elements. Just that last year I got my yeah, fight camp stuff, so I learned a lot from that. And it works right here my clinic, works fantastic. But Perfect. so I didn't know it was number one globally, but I'm glad. I mean, because I think it's like the best thing out there, really
1: yeah when you group the boxing kickboxing martial arts, arts fitness together it's number one globally according to some data that we have from uh, class some publicly available data so you know just looking at all those trends uh looking at the way the coaches were using the product we're like we think we can do this you know so it's very much like when you're younger like that and it's you're in startup mode you're almost better off not knowing what you don't know because if we knew how difficult it would be we'd be like oh that's probably that seems impossible but like why can't we produce the classes? Like I used to teach bad classes and we can get some trainers. And why can't we just get some guy that has a camera? And we just happen to find the right guy because you could yeah. definitely get the wrong. So we found Griffin, who is our first ever hire is the kind of guy. He's a guy with a camera. He had two cameras. He had some tripods and he's the kind of guy where he's just like, can you do this? And without knowing whether he can or not, he's like, yeah. And he just do it. And you figure That's it out. Cool yeah so we started filming workouts uh our cto alex and, and and our co-founder turbo they figured out how to stream it right um, nice our our co-founder patrick who was working on uh the algorithms the motion recognition algorithms after that figured out how to sell it along with us you know everybody good and,
0: team sounds like you have a really good team put together that's what did it you know? i mean you this, these days man if you're working solo good luck A team's really, a good team can kick butt, man, or really put you over the top and help a lot of people. The end goal for me is always helping people and that's what you're doing, you know? Love it, love
1: it. You know, Carl, like a lot of people, they, they look at the story of the solo entrepreneur, like let's say Elon Musk, right? And they think they're gonna do that. And a lot of people are really focusing on, you know, in entrepreneurship, they wanna own the biggest piece, but maybe of the smallest pie. Rather than owning a much, much, much smaller piece of a humongously bigger pie, which usually is, is better off. And you yeah. shouldn't be focusing on on ownership that much, especially early stage. Young founders, especially, get a group of passionate people that, that compliment you. That's what you need to, to succeed. You're yeah. not Elon Musk yet. And even Elon Musk had everybody, you know, he's part of the PayPal mafia, is what they call it. Everybody yeah. from David Sachs and Peter Thiel and all these brilliant uh founders they did this together so i, I just that- finished
0: his uh, reading his uh, biography again for the second time a couple of months ago yeah and there is yeah there's a lot of sweat equity in there but he he paid his dues he had a yeah. team with him way back you know
1: he's, he's dipping into your space a little bit with neuralink huh <laughs> i'll
0: tell you man there's some serious stuff coming down the pike with neuralink
1: that's really really
0: really interesting a lot of people are afraid of it i could see why some might be but i i choose to look at potential Mm -hmm. of positive
1: because i think there's a lot of good stuff that will come out of it i'm really open to it i'm gonna let them experiment on my producer cassie first (laughs) but but from there (laughs) i might i might let them try it (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. so by the
0: way i want to go back to these uh a lot, a lot of the, these punch trackers, because mm. one of the things that, well, it depends upon the person, but I'm mm. finding that if I can explain to somebody, uh, if they're not into data and collecting data mm. about their workout, because yeah. we do assessments, we do body composition with a super fancy scale and all that. I mean, we know where everything resides in the body, your fat, your visceral, your segmental, your muscle mass, whatever. That's just one thing. And then we get all this other data from all these other movement assessments and but when it comes to the work output when your work output yeah uh, you know we can measure it in certain ways but with some of the tools we have we can measure it better and get some hard some hard numbers right that's what i love one of the things i love about fight camp is the like these punch trackers so i got the virtual screen on so it doesn't show up but this is the tracker which fits into the pocket i'm not putting it in right exactly but There's two of them and they have a really cool, handy, you know, USB plug it in. They charge fast and the life on the battery is really good. So people are really into collecting data on themselves. And I'm one of them. I want to know how many punches I want to know all I can know about my work output so I can do better next time.
1: It's really important, especially as it relates to changing behavior. So like, yeah, I have a whoop on right now right. The whoops. Uh, whoop oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Great company.
0: I'm addicted um, to that thing.
1: Yeah. And it's really changed the way that I sleep and, you know, consume alcohol a lot less because of it. Not that I consumed a lot before, but I just know like it's a trade every time you're going to drink because you're going to see it the next morning and what it did to your body physiologically. Same thing with the way I eat with flight camp, with the punch trackers. One of the things that we saw earliest, you know, very early on, one of the biggest insights is that when you have first of all when you have a benchmark so benchmark data either on yourself or that of another person and then you can see in real time where you relate to that benchmark so literally as you're doing the workout let's say you've done that workout before and we have something called versus mode where you can go up against that former version of yourself so second by second you can see where you are in relation to that person so when you have that prior benchmark mixed with the real-time data it pushes the body in ways that previously it just wasn't possible, right? Because you chase that, you chase that previous score, you chase that benchmark.
0: And I'm glad you use the work benchmark. It's actually a word I use here. We need benchmark numbers. We need benchmark data so we can go up against it. And for whatever, whatever it is, sometimes it's a reassessment two weeks, a month down the road, two months down the road, depends upon what it is. But then there's the work output, you know, so when I have somebody who can, uh, pull off a 20 minute fight camp intense workout versus three minutes, four months ago, yeah, we got some really good number in the beginning and we got good numbers now and they keep on, ex, ex, you know, uh, moving to the next level. It's the, you know, the best part of it is I'm happy. I mean, I'm happy to see the improvements, but the best part is that they see it and they feel it mm-hmm. and they want to come back for more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's pretty motivating yeah it's huge uh how about it, at this point in the fight camp um uh with fight camp i'm curious and i'm sorry i don't know the answers is fight camp public yet as a company We're not okay
1: no that that's that's usually the ultimate goal of um a venture back technology company sure. is that you either you know, you IPO, that's the ultimate goal, or, you know, maybe you you sell the company, there's some sort of liquidity event so that the venture capital community or the investment community that, that helped you get to where you're at, gets to have some upside and some liquidity down the road. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now we're still a private, um, you know, we just raised a series B round uh, about a year ago, I wanna say from some amazing investors, uh, new enterprise associates so nea um ivp which is an amazing fund and uh left lane capital they're some of our biggest backers um in the vc community uh, and caa creative artist agencies they invest alongside oh nice
0: uh, yeah, yeah. you got. i mean i i think I, you've talked about this online before is you got some people who other yeah. some of our listeners like like
1: so i don't yeah made. i'm not sure a lot of people would have heard of the 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 people that invest alongside them one of them is mike tyson <laughs> yeah mike tyson yeah, nobody knows
0: about that guy man. yeah yeah
1: george saint-pierre you have to yeah. look him up <laughs> yeah yeah george saint-pierre the former really US
0: george pierre did
1: yeah hall of famer amazing oh he's
0: Great a guy. total like he's a
1: badass man yeah yeah we actually got to have a call with him right before he he invested and these are guys by the way like a lot of times uh um a tech company, especially in the connected fitness space, will say that so and so, quote unquote, invested, but there's no like primary dollars coming from these people into the. It's more like I invested because I'm going to do a social media post for you, and and I'll do it for free, but we'll value it at X, and that's where I invested. But Tyson Mike actually
0: Tyson, came into you like twice,
1: didn't he? Didn't you meet him twice? Who is it? Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson actually came to see yeah. you like twice, right? Yeah, Mike Tyson wrote a check. Uh, George St <laughs> Pierre wrote a check. Um, you know who else? Uh, Francis Usher. Janu, Um Usher, Usher, yeah, Catherine, Catherine Winnick, the, really uh, Vikings, yeah, cool. she amazing, well, you know, badass. Um, so well, they really believe in the company, and um, we're gonna make sure that they get a nice return on investment.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful, man. I mean, you know, I Tyson is a uh, big name, right? And uh, I can't help love the guy, respect the guy. He's just such a, such a, such a beast still. Yeah. I mean, he's still got power. I see him Well, I've seen him on some things on YouTube doing this, that, but I see him on fight. Uh, you had a thing you posted not long ago with him. Really great to watch him work out on the bag, man. That was about, that was a blast. He's still yeah. got some serious power.
1: You know, it's so interesting because um, some people preserve it over a long period of time. And some people don't, I remember I saw and this is, this is stretching into your field, right? But I saw a video when I was younger. You know, I was, I was boxing everything else. So I saw Joe Frazier hit the bag. And it's like older Joe Frazier. I forget how old he was, but they put the gloves on him. They're interviewing him. They're like, he's about to go hit the bag. And he's a legend. I'm not trying to disparage him at all. But he went to hit the bag. And I'm thinking like, oh, he's still going to be badass for his age. You know, he's going to be amazing. And he started hitting the bag. And he was just kind of like, he wasn't mobile. Something wasn't firing up here for him to be able to do that. And it, it scared me, I'm like, man, this is the field that I'm in. That, and that's one another reason why part of the reason why I didn't uh, take boxing to that professional level is, is, is that something that really did um, weigh on me, not just that incident, but just knowing that that happened. So he, I saw him and he, and he couldn't really fire off. and It was really sad. Um, and I think we ended up losing him several years later after that video came out you see mike tyson who's you know he's not old right he's only he's only in his his, i think so he's not old right but he's not 20 but when he hits the bag he looks 20 still that's the amazing thing
0: he has got the 20 spirit coming out
1: yeah yeah Um, he just still has all the speed all the the, you know maybe not the same but he seems like a 20 year old when he hits the bag with how athletic he is how powerful he is how fast he is so there's something about his brain body makeup that's allowed him to preserve that over time maybe it's the work that he's put in maybe he's been good about that or maybe it's just genetics or a combination of both
0: yeah who knows but it seems like he's kept training a lot though too i mean at least keeping in shape because uh i mean i again this is about you i'll just say real quick in my former career up to 13 years ago i was a drummer for a living so we used to play a lot uh syracuse is like 30 minutes from boxing hall of fame right so over the yeah. years, we do the parties. We do the dinner parties and all that. So, a Foreman would come. Ken Norton was there every year. Bob Foster, Sugar Ray, Marvin Hangler. Uh, uh, Weather's there a few times. And uh, Fraser. And Fraser, one year, was on tour with his band because they had a band. Yeah. And then our bands ended up in the same club together. Mm-hmm. So, he came and said, and with our band, and I loved him. I loved him to watch him fight, but he couldn't sing. And this was towards end of days, too. It was very heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. So I don't know what happened, and I'm not disparaging either. And just saying, it was. I saw him towards the end. He sang with us. He he couldn't walk well. Hmm. Just things weren't firing right, you know. And it's sad to see.
1: It is, yeah. And that you know, it makes you appreciate these athletes that much more because they know the risk that they're taking, and they do it anyways.
0: yeah and i don't know if he kept training like you know mike does or not but it's maybe beside the point um let me ask you this do you have another like five minutes or so i don't want to keep you too long
1: yeah i'm good yeah yes
0: okay cool (laughs) thank you so i don't think i asked you this yet i'm gonna have a million thoughts what direction is fight can headed right now Where, where do you see the company in like five years, 10 years to
1: the right is our direction. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we're doing a lot of really amazing stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of what I can foreshadow without getting fired. Let me think. do you have
0: any particular like target markets you're going to be hitting up
1: for, for sure. Right now we're only in the 48 States of the U S um, where we recently expanded a little bit into strength and conditioning, which is a part of fighters training. So we really want to cover, you know, the full gamut of what it means to train like a boxer. Okay. And what does that mean? A lot of people think it's just hitting the back, but those that know the sport know that it's so much more, right? Cause to get in that Muhammad Ali Floyd Mayweather conditioning, it takes a lot of traditional fitness elements as well. So road work is what it's called in boxing, but it's running, sprinting, stuff like that. Jump rope, right? uh strength training strength and conditioning is what it's coined in boxing that's anything from lifting weights using a medicine ball kettlebells all those things so yeah we started dipping our toes in the water of strength and conditioning strength training being the number one fitness modality in the world it really like it when I say boxing martial arts is I'm talking about in for sports uh specific okay you know when you compare it to like cycling things like that strength training still and will always be the number one thing that people do with whether yeah. it's weights or um so we started doing strength and conditioning and right now it's all body weight uh eventually we'd like to add some tools of the trade in there maybe something that fighters use like the kettlebells and the medicine balls and the battle ropes and things like that I'm not sure if you use sure. any of the things in your facility um, and then from there i mean right now we're still in the first 48 uh states of the u.s yeah um we want to get to those other states because we love them we ship just our connect package there, not our bag because of logistical reasons but canada united kingdom australia which we think will be a huge market for us yeah and then from there the rest of the world
0: you should man uh once that happens i don't know remember email me not that you'll need me for this because but i do travel a lot international and i teach a movement disorders course so to physios and whoever and fitness trainers but and a lot of times we get rock steady boxing coaches but anyways a lot of them are still into uh doing multiple modalities for the rehab in their clinics and if you get international when I'm in Europe or South America or wherever I want to push your brand and try to help Absolutely. i'm if sure you they... have media can help a hell of a lot more but i would do anything i can to help
1: and and coach you know one thing we should talk about real soon is is that uh parkinsons subset of people that we could potentially help because we could put some content on the app. That's a little bit more catered towards them. So maybe we should, we should talk about that very soon.
0: If you have like literally 90 seconds after we stop recording, I'll just share one thought with you and then you can ponder that. Absolutely. Um, Well, I have to say a few things. Number one, you already have on the workouts, you get to choose these different workouts in the fight camp app. Right. And then we actually stream it to a TV here, a big screen. So they got big screen and they're right in front of it. And they're just, so there's no like, well, that's something that I love. So we're able to stream it to big screen, but you're doing other exercises too. So, you know, you might be doing some core stuff, doing some squats, doing this and that it's not just boxing. It's a variety if you want to go just, so just boxing, you can find that on the fight camp app too. And I love it. And, uh, benefits we see for those who follow me which i appreciate your followership um you've been very supportive over the years people and it keeps growing so thank you but we from people with movement disorders uh any kind of neuro degeneration of the brain all right cognitive decline things like that we know that if we can elevate our heart rate we know we can if we do it for long enough a few minutes 15 20 minutes we can start to get this brain derived neurotrophic factor which is created by the brain and then it circulates within the brain it helps and attaches itself to brain cells to help maintain cellular structure cellular integrity slow down the death of brain dying brain cells and in some cases in two areas of the brain hippocampus the olfactory bulb possibly maybe give birth to new brain cells. Hence why a lot of people with Alzheimer's, early stage Alzheimer's improve their memory after like six months of cardio, five days a week for 30 minutes. So if you find the cardio you like to do, if boxing is it, I recommend Fight Camp. And you know, plus we have the cognition benefits, the reactive training, the full body workout, not just your muscles, your musculoskeletal, neuromuscular skeletal system. Mm-hmm. your visual everything is just all integrated so beautifully in the fight camp uh app so i just needed to get that out there and people can go if they want to get fight camp gear and the mm-hmm. app they go to fightcamp.com is that correct yep. that's right yeah and one last question and by the way folks we did not have a uh any kind of communication before this really to speak of about what our content would be <laughs> i just knew what i wanted to ask tommy if you had one piece of piece of advice to give pretty much anybody about health, wellness, what would it be?
1: Start small. This is what I say to everybody. Everybody thinks like, okay, on January 1st, change my <laughs> life. I'm gonna eat nothing except for lettuce, work out 14 times a day, every day, and buy every <laughs> supplement at GNC every single one and they do it and they get through day one and then they get to day two and like Shit, i'm sore This is work. i'm just gonna eat one snickers and then they get to day three and they're still sore and then day four they're like i never said any of that stuff you know <laughs> that that's By what happened
0: february the gyms are empty again yay
1: <laughs> i think people when they go from zero to a hundred and they they bite off way more than they can chew the only way fitness becomes successful for somebody is if they, they make it something that's very sustainable. Like they just, it becomes your lifestyle. So you have all these things that you do in your life right now. I They're different for other people. Maybe you get up at a certain time, you go to work, you take care of your kids, you, you have all these things. And the people who do fitness successfully, the workouts, the eating, these are part of that. They just bake it into a general routine so it doesn't feel painful. The people who are not successful with it view fitness as painful and be like, I'm just going to fucking you know, go boss of the law. I'm going to do it like this. So start as slow as you can. Let's Even if it's working out one day a week for 20 minutes and just do that until it feels like nothing. Once that yeah. feels like nothing and normal, well, you add two days a week or you add five minutes and you just do that to the point to where you have a really good regimen and uh it won't be as hard as you think it's going to be because you kind of like work yourself up to it
0: yeah. great advice man yeah. relevant really important great advice well tommy thank you man i really appreciate your time it's, it's great to meet you you're uh, an amazing and a very inspiring person uh just you know talking with you i learned a lot today i'm sure our viewers did and i really appreciate what you're doing man thank you
1: oh thank you we appreciate you as well thank you so much
0: so uh i'm gonna sign off if you don't mind just hang literally 90 seconds and then uh, i'll let you go (laughs) i gotta run an idea past you but i want to thank everybody for watching for viewing um feel free to leave comments subscribe to the youtube channel share it share this interview share fight go check it out uh we highly recommend it so thanks again tommy thank you everybody for watching have a fantastic day